It's rare that something has the potential to help both our bodies and the planet at the same time. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Oobly and sweet proteins. Did you know that protein has a sweet tooth? That's right. There are a handful of plants that grow near the equator that make fruit that produce sweet-tasting plant protein that's not sugar. These are called sweet proteins. Sweet proteins are amazing tricksters and taste absolutely delicious. But better yet, they're digested just like any other dietary protein. That means they have no impact on blood sugar or the gut microbiome. Oobly uses sweet proteins to make incredible plant-based, low-sugar, sweet iced teas that are craft-brewed with clean, fresh ingredients and zero artificial sweeteners. No stevia, no sugar alcohols. With only 7 grams of sugar in an entire 16-ounce can, and that includes the fruit, you can have your sweet and sip it too. Oobly's sweet teas come in three delicious flavors, lemon, peach, and mango yuzu. Get 20% off your first order with the promo code GENIUS at oobly.com. G-E-N-I-U-S. That's the promo code at oobly.com. O-O-B-L-I dot com. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% a real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have two guests today of Ali Wing. She's the CEO of Oobly. O-O-B-I-F-L-I, and Dr. Jason Ryder. He's the CTO and co-founder of Oobly. Uh, we're going to talk about what Oobly is, but the main theme is uh, what they call sweet proteins and why are we just learning about them now, uh, you know, with all the science that the world knows and, and how long we've been, uh, you know, millions of people have been working on various scientific projects. So we're going to talk about that and uh, what are the implications of sweet proteins on blood sugar and our gut microbiomes. So welcome both of you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great to be here, Richard. Excellent. Well, if you don't mind, let's start with your backgrounds. Uh, how did you come to form Oobly? You know, a bit about your personal backgrounds, and then we'll go from there. Uh, maybe Allie would go first, and then Dr. Jason. Well, I'm happy to go first, but I'm the least interesting part of this because uh, Jason is a founder. So I will tell you that I joined two years ago, but Jason has been working on this for several years before that. So I'll let him kind of tell you the how Oobly, and then maybe we'll trade back if that's okay. Okay. Sure thing. Uh, So I'm Jason Ryder, uh, CTO and co-founder here at Oobly. Uh, I'm a chemical engineer by training and a sustainable bioprocess engineer by choice. I've been developing biotechnology and applying it through biomanufacturing to address opportunities spanning climate, food, and health for the past 20 years, including the last five at Oobly. My joy in building Oobly along with Ali is that our sweet proteins touch all three of those. Uh, so, so what is Oobly? What's the premise? Um, I'm an engineer, full disclosure, a problem solver of sorts, and it all starts with the problem itself. Uh, we as a human society have a sugar problem. Uh, just focusing on the U.S., obesity rates in the U.S. at almost 40 percent in the U.S. in 2022 and are only getting bigger. 130 million, million Americans have prediabetes or type 2 diabetes. Uh, there's hidden sugar everywhere and confusing names to describe it. I could keep going on that front. But sweet proteins are fundamentally a different option to help with sugar reduction. I would even call them a game changer. 
Uh, Ali and I have developed a platform technology at Oobly to make these sweet proteins in a way that's scalable, accessible, and affordable to go everywhere uh, sugar is in our food system to help people get that sweetness that they love and the products they love, albeit without all the issues. Yeah. And I would say I joined Jason a couple of years ago after really I described my career as a operating at the intersection of healthy living and technology, where um, my favorite partners are the Jasons of the world, the great technologist problem solvers who are tackling some of our big meaty um, problems. And I am paired with them to unlock. Now, how do you make this work for consumers in a way that we can build growth and excitement and ultimately adoption? Because there's a lot about the technology under the hood with what we're doing with sweet proteins. It's complicated, but at the end of the day, to bend the global health curve or to affect the climate, we need mass adoption. So we have to make it simple for consumers. And that's where I come in. Okay, that makes sense. So what is the goal of Ubli? Is it to provide foods that have sweet proteins so you don't need as much added sugar? Or like, you know, if you were to condense it to a, a short statement, like what's the whole mission of the company? You know, I, I will zoom it out just a little bit and say the reason that I'm here and the reason Jason's here and we probably could be doing a lot of different things as we wake up each day with the idea of bending the global health curve. And uh, the statistics Jason shared are the tip of the iceberg. And of course, that's just the health equation, not even the climate equation. So what we're really trying to do is to give a pathway for consumers to satisfy the biologically appropriate craving for sweets, because we're all designed that way, but with a game-changing solution for their health that could give them sweetness that's as good for their body as it is for the soul, and meanwhile, doing it in a planet-friendly way. That's what we're really trying to do. Practically speaking, we start out with consumer products. And the reason we do that is exactly what you said. Tangible sort of picture is worth a thousand words. Well, when it's food, it's you got to eat it to understand it, right? So we got to show them it's great tasting. And in our first products with our first proteins, we aim to reduce sugar or replace it by about 75% on average, uh, where we're not really asking the consumer to make a change. It's still the sweet thing that you love. You shouldn't really notice much different. We're just giving you a really clean, great product and introducing you to sweet proteins. Long term, when we're working with multiple proteins and when we're working beyond just our own products, but with other partners, actually rolling out um, sweet proteins as really a rehabilitation within existing favorite foods, we actually aim to reduce sugar by you know 80 to 90% leveraging our multiple proteins off our platform and working across all the food choices that you already love, know, and eat, or at least most consumers do. So, all right. So what are some of the products of Ubli that, that consumers would, would consume on a regular basis, let's say? Or is this um, an infrequent change to their diet? Or are these uh, foods that they would eat every day and it becomes a major part of their diet that changes? Like, how would it look for somebody? Yeah. Jason and my vision for sure is that, you know, they have, I think the average American today is eating two to three times the amount of daily added sugar <laughs> that they're supposed to. And that's just sort of the reality of a lot of what Jason alluded to, which is the hidden sugars. A lot of people struggling to understand where it is in food or not, how to understand labels. It's complicated, right? But if I peeled back a layer and said, what's the biggest category we're most interested in? It's where the biggest part of the problem is, is if you look at the daily added sugar intake in the U.S. and globally, about a little under 40% of it comes in our in the form of beverages and what we drink. So liquid form is the 800-pound gorilla. And while we're super excited, and I'm sure you've seen, we have awesome little chocolates that are sweet protein powered today. 
you're actually talking to us on the eve of our launch of our first big beverages launch, which is actually the big launch, and it's Sweet Teas. We're really excited to be introducing an option for your favorite peach, mango, lemon, Arnold Palmer type teas to meet lemonade for summer that are 75% less sugar than the choices that you can get ready to drink today. So we yeah, we still haven't, well, I guess I haven't understood fully what uh, sweetie proteins are. So um, I don't know if yourself or Dr. Jason, can you expand a bit on what that means, sweet protein and what, what substances it would be uh, composed of? Let's start with proteins themselves. So proteins are relatively large biomolecules made up of amino acids. Um, they're often called the building blocks of life because they comprise some 50% of the dry weight of our cells. Due to their sequence in those amino acids and their three-dimensional folded structure, they can take on a number of roles in your cells, including adding structure, catalyzing metabolic reactions, we call those enzymes, and even DNA replication. So all of those functions rely on proteins. Fundamental to life. So back to sweet proteins. Uh, sweet proteins are a subclass of mostly plant-based proteins that when eaten taste to us humans uh, like sugar. Uh, due to their amino acid sequence and three-dimensional structure, these particular proteins taste thousands of times sweeter than sugar. Now, why would a plant make such a protein for us instead of sugar? Um, while many plants are, of course, really good at making sugars via photosynthesis, they would much rather turn that sugar into cellulose uh, which is essentially a sugar polymer to make more leaves, more stems, more plant, more photosynthesis. Um, that's how they compete uh, with each other in the wild. From the plant's perspective, it's metabolically very expensive to simply store sugar speculatively in fruit such that a more mobile species like a human can come along and eat them and carry the seeds. We as humans, of course, one of the mobile species and seed carriers evolved and are wired to crave that sweetness for energy and our ancestors gorged on these easy energy sources like fruits and honey in the wild when they were available, which was not that often, right? Our hypothesis is that these sweet proteins evolved mainly in fruits to trick us into eating them, thinking that they were rich in energy. And this was a dirty trick several thousand years ago uh, when we lived in a world where sugar uh, was, was not plentiful. But now, um, in 2023, and, and actually not that recent, uh, sugar's been cultivated, it's very cheap, and it's recklessly abundant throughout the food system uh, and led to a lot of those issues I mentioned before and, and a lot more I didn't mention. Uh, while we believe a little sugar is normal and natural, we were never meant to deal with a massive amount of sugar uh, in our modern diets. And uh, why are we just talking about this now? Well, up until now, you had to travel to the tropical rainforest to find the handful of plants and their fruits that make these sweet proteins. So given that we need these plants and, and the others that grow in our tropical rainforest so that the planet can breathe, we uh, at Ubli use precision fermentation uh, to make these sweet proteins. Um, a lot like brewing beer, we brew up our sweet proteins. And uh, I suspect uh, your, your podcast listeners will hear a lot more about sweet proteins and hopefully get to taste them through our teas and chocolates. We all know we should be eating less sugar, but we're constantly bombarded with drinks and snacks loaded with refined sugar or alternative sweeteners like stevia or erythritol that recent studies have shown might not be as harmless as we thought. Enter Ubli, who just launched the world's first beverages to satisfy your sweet tooth with protein. Sweet proteins are nature's candy and give Ubli's brand new sweet iced teas sugar-like sweetness without the impact to your health. Get 20% off your Ubli order with the promo code GENIUS at Ubli.com and try all three delicious craft-brewed sweet iced teas, lemon, peach, and mango yuzu. 
That's oobly.com, O-O-B-L-I.com, and use the code GENIUS, G-E-N-I-U-S. So, uh, I mean, what's the experience? Is there a different mouthfeel? Um, are people like, wow. And is the sweetness similar to the sweetness you get from regular sugars, or is it more of a, um, like a stevia type of sweetness or uh, an erythritol sweetness? Like, how would you characterize it? <laughs> well, what I will tell you is what consumers tell us, because we do a lot of blind taste testing, and um, our goal when we formulate products, right? Today, only consumers have ever tasted this have tasted our chocolate because it hasn't been available before, um, unless you happen to live in one of the villages and hard to reach places in Western Africa and you ate the fruit. You haven't just tasted sweet proteins in and of themselves. And what we do with our early formulas is we pick your favorite product. We're not trying to pick it for you. Let's say a dark chocolate, let's say an awesome lemon tea, let's say an Arnold Palmer. and we formulate so that we know where people are mostly purchasing. And if we blindfolded them and we gave them what they were already purchasing versus our product that had taken 75% of the sugar out but put in sweet proteins, they wouldn't know the difference. And I will tell you that four out of five consumers can't identify a difference. What do we think the one out of five is? Well, there's a couple particular differences in how sweet proteins work, um, but they're, they're very much on the margin. And the reason I say that they're scientifically very important but from a taste point of view, they're really on the margin because these are really good trickster sugars. <laughs> you know, they're proteins that are masked as sugars and they evolved in nature to accomplish just that. So they do that very well. Whether it's stevia, erythritol, or any of those, those didn't evolve out of nature to actually do the job we're asking them to do. And our brains are a pretty fine-tuned instrument in understanding when we've just had sugar or not. And we would argue that what you're going to experience with sweet proteins is just really good trickster. You're not going to notice the difference. Molecularly, there are a couple differences going on, right? Because any of the sugar and sugar alternatives are small molecules. Jason can tell you all about that differently than me, but they hit your mouth or your blood sugar quicker. So for some people, they'll notice about a half a second delay because the way the protein works, it actually comes and binds with the same taste receptor that a sugar hits. And that's what tells our brain we just had sugar. So there might be a slight delay, which is partly why we leave a little bit of sugar in our products so that you don't have that delay. And the compare is they're very similar as a curve of sugar, and we don't really have any sugar alternative we would compare it to. They exist and go through sort of your product. The rest is kind of up to how you use it in a formulation. Okay. So feedback is what people, um, it's not too sweet for them, the products? Is it, do they feel like it's balanced? It's enough to satisfy their cravings? Um, yeah. What, what is your intended effect for someone that consumes these things, for them to be like, whoa, that's plenty, or to be like, you know, it's not as sugary maybe as what I used to have, but it's enough and I can eat this stuff and it tastes good. And I'd rather eat this stuff than, uh, you know, either have nothing or have my old sugary things I was having. Well, there's a few ways to answer that question. And I would tell you that the big picture is, is we want to meet the consumer where they are. So we're just trying to give them the taste they already want. We're just trying to give it in a way that is better for their body and better for the planet. Whether they even understand that is secondary to us, right? So we're first and foremost want to meet the consumer where they are. So long-term, it's any one of those products and it's what the flavors they already liked. That's different than short-term, which is we first have our first protein out, our first product, and therefore we have to make choices because when you look at the world of proteins, let's just say you and I talk about chocolates, there's about 50 different known segments of chocolate just to describe dark chocolate. So some people like it thicker or thinner. Some people like a more acidic one. There's a reason why we talk about percents of cacao now. 
So there's a whole bunch of segments within that. So we can't do all segments at once. So for the segment that we're working on, we're actually trying to say for that consumer that's having this particular one, if we replace sugar with a sweet protein, it's really not different. In our own products, we're taking one step farther and just trying to give really what I would say eighth grade reader level ingredients. We like to keep a very whole, fresh, real. So I'll give the example again in chocolate. What we did with chocolate, we didn't just have to replace sugar from a sweetness point of view. We also have to replace the bulking role that sugar does. And in that case, we did acacia fiber. So we're going to try to do clean, whole foods in the brands or the products that we bring to market ourselves under the Oobly name. But long-term, sweet proteins could be used in combination with a sugar alternative. They could be used with your favorite artificial food. They could be used in any variety. They become a tool and a toolkit for us really giving a better pathway for the body and the climate that doesn't require consumers to make a ton of choice or trade-offs in taste. One of the reasons why this is something Jason and I are so passionate about is exactly the questions you're asking. It's really that if you don't win on taste up front, you're never actually going to get the kind of adoption to change health or climate. And so what we're most excited about is that these little sweet proteins are really good at being trickster sugars. They, they taste like it. People think they are. We can use them a lot in that way, but they're not. They're proteins. And that trickster role is important because consumers have habits. Habits are hard to change. And we're not really in the business of telling consumers they should eat less sugar or they should crave it less. It's actually biologically appropriate that they do crave it. It's really that we want to give them a better pathway to do it for their bodies and to do it for the planet, but meet them where they are. Hmm. Okay. Get bacteria. Uh, how does this influence and change them? Have you done any studies where, you know, someone's consuming the Google products on a regular basis and watching how their gut bacteria changes over time? We haven't gotten there yet in terms of doing those studies. Um, I, I'd say that's very much in our near future. Um, what I will say, again, to, to further Ali's comments about the differences uh, between sweet proteins and, and sugar and, and what I would broadly call alternative sweeteners is they're proteins, right? Um, sugar and other small molecules are absorbed into your bloodstream through your soft tissues. Um, as they, they, you know, you have taste receptors in your mouth, the T1R2 and T1R3, as, as um, you know, we, we call them. Uh, you also have those throughout your gut. And uh, the challenge is uh, we evolved to break down starches, right, which was the more plentiful version of sugar, a polymerized version, right? We break it down with enzymes and you needed those T1R2 and T1R3 taste receptors in your gut to modulate um, the, the breakdown of those into small sugars and, and into your bloodstream. So um, that's why sugar and those alternative sweeteners continue to stimulate insulin response as they go down throughout your, your gut. Proteins are fundamentally different as once they hit the pH 1 environment, the very acidic environment of your stomach, they unfold. When they unfold, they no longer have their function. They can't stimulate that, that same response. And, and by then, they're already started to break down by enzymatic reactions that are designed to break down protein to build Again, that 50% of dry weight that is your cells. And so also, once they hit the microbiome, they're largely digested. And, and your microbiome is there in, in some ways uh, to, to finish the job. Uh, as it's a living culture, you're a walking, talking fermenter. 
uh, as I like to say, uh, but but the microbiome continues to digest the material that makes it all the way through uh, your your you know at least the the upper part of the gut. So the challenge with alternative sweeteners and and some sugars is they get down into that and and um, your gut microbiome hasn't evolved to, to interact with things like that and it can change that population and and give you you know upset stomach as as one ramification of that. So we we bypass that altogether uh, just by nature of being a protein. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons Jason and I are so excited about this. It's less because we think there isn't a role for sugar or sugar alternatives. It's more that it's a game-changing change to approach it with proteins. And even though sweet proteins are new, proteins are not new. We know a lot about proteins and how they work in our body. And we've known that for many, many years, right? So we're really sort of taking a new macronutrient approach to what has been solved by carbohydrates and using a protein. So the questions and concerns about blood sugar interaction and gut microbiome are really carbohydrate concerns. Um, so this is a different macronutrient. It's a protein. So um, one thing that comes to mind is so in the stomach environment, it's acidic. The proteins unfold. I would think they would give you a feeling of either satiation or fullness, whereby you'd eat less or maybe you would eat less things. Have you noticed that that's an effect? Well, I think, Jason, you can take this. I'll give the overview and then you get into the science. But I think Jason mentioned earlier that there's something amazing about these proteins. There's many things amazing about these proteins. They taste amazing. They do amazing things. But they're also 500 times to 5,000 times sweeter on a weight-weight basis than sugar. And why that's important is not because we give it to you so you fall off your chair because it's so sweet. Actually, it means we just use a tiny, tiny, tiny amount. So these are trace amounts. So... Most people think of protein, they think of energy, and they think of protein loading. This is actually for the first time saying, by the way, did you know your protein can do more? It can also actually satisfy your sweet tooth. But we're using trace amounts. And so in any product that you would ever see this in, and if you look at any of the products we have out and available, and you looked at the nutrition fact panel on the back, you wouldn't actually see a change to the protein amount that's ever in that product as the result of adding in um, sweet proteins because we use such small amounts. That's actually where a part, of, part of the magic happens. That's why we can take this incredible gift of nature and now suddenly make it cost effective and affordable and why it can tread just so lightly on your system. It gets a big bang for your buck and how it tricks your taste receptors, but there's hardly any in it. It's a tiny amount. It reduces uh, sugar cravings essentially, but it doesn't necessarily make you fuller faster. The mechanism by which it helps is People feel like they have, quote unquote, like enough sugar without having as much in the food. Exactly. I mean, we could give you enough sweet proteins. It is a protein. So protein has all the characteristics of a protein. It's just to the role we're using it for is to satisfy your sweet tooth to reduce the sugar. And in that is such a tiny amount, it won't be a great energy source. It's small. Okay. And uh, Dr. Jason, go ahead. What was your comment on this? I'd say um, we as a society should expect more out of our proteins. Um, they do more things than just get you swallow at the gym, right? They can they can be a sweetener too, and uh, we'd love everybody to try our teas and chocolates as our first examples of it. Most people haven't even heard of sweet proteins, uh, so we're here here to change that and, and hope you love the products. Yeah, I would I would add too. There's a lot of protein products, whether it's protein bars, power drinks, protein drinks that almost all have a sugar or sugar alternative in them to make them sweet, and we work great in those too. So you can still pick your protein food. But most of those protein foods are then sweetened with something so that you like how they taste. And this can be the combination of that. 
So if you compare the insulin response to, let's say, a chocolate bar from Oobly versus a you know, run-of-the-mill chocolate bar or even a protein bar, a Cliff bar or something, is it radically different, the insulin response, or is it similar? It is, Jason, I don't know if you want to take. So let me back up just a little bit to say where if I had a glucose monitor on any product and I ate it and I held it constant, it's going to have 75% less sugar. So unless I've put in other things that add to that, which of course in our products we haven't, it should have a proportionate reduction in the effect on blood sugar levels. We've definitely been testing some of that, but before you can go out and do sort of what I would say full health or clinical trials on humans, every one of our proteins is going through a very high standard of toxicology and safety tests with the FDA. And all of that has to be complete before you can start to do other types of testing on it. Our first protein just got self-grass in Q1 of this year. And it's the first one, Jason likes to call it the study of boring results because we predictably expected them as proteins to move through the body the way they do. They do it just like other proteins and there's not toxicity and there's not allergenicity. And so far, that looks like the pathway, and that's what all our, t- our studies say. The next step is now to open it up and let people that are testing on all the applications on the health um, medical side, um, which I think is what you're referring to with our glucose monitoring. We certainly do those testing, but we don't have a published test to show you because you have to have that after you're past the stage of regulatory that we're in. Um, do you have anyone that's been having the products again on a regular basis? And anecdotally, they're able to tell you, oh lost weight or I noticed this, I noticed that, are you able to share any data like that or you have to wait for the regulatory process to move forward first? We're very excited that we're going to say yes to all of that about a year from now, but we're only about three to four weeks into having chocolate bars, which was a marketing event before our drinks launched. The launch, they launch tomorrow, they go on pre-sale tomorrow and they start to be sold next week. So I can tell you a lot of people in our oobly world are drinking sweet teas in the last few weeks since we've had production sweet teas, but they're just getting to consumers now. So we're very excited about that. I think you're going to definitely hear that. And if you're a regular, I think drinks are a lot better example for something that you might fundamentally change your everyday eating than probably a dark chocolate bar. Most people aren't having those every day. Whereas a drink that's your go-to favorite drink, we can ultimately be replacing with oobly sweet teas. And we encourage anybody who's got favorites in that category to check us out and check out our new launch at oobly.com. Uh, last question. Well, last couple of questions. At the end, I want to ask you shortly, you know, where people can try out Oobly. Um, but the name itself, I, I keep thinking of like Dr. Seuss, like Bartholomew and the Ublick. I don't think it came <laughs> from there. But where did the name come from? I love your association. I'm a big Dr. Seuss fan. We were big fans of that in our, our house. Oobly technically spelled O-O-B-L-I is a made up word. It doesn't exist otherwise, but it is inspired by a very real word that inspires us in our work. And that is that one of the sweet proteins is the oubli fruit sweet protein. It's a French word spelled O-U-B-L-I or O-U-B-L-I-E, depending on different approaches. And it its meaning has to do with memory or forgetfulness. And the colloquial association for the, the reason why this Um, plant got named the oobly fruit um, in Western Africa from its local villages is because local who actually ever climbed and tasted some of these great fruits started calling it, it's so sweet, I forget my mother's milk. And that's how it got its name. But that's very colloquial heritage. We loved it in the storytelling from all the researchers that discovered um, sweet proteins. We were inspired by it. And we brought forward what we think is an easier pronounce, more universal world 
but inspired by the history of ubli fruit as one of the sweet proteins in the platform. Okay. Very interesting. So where can people try out ubli and um, is the recommendation to first try a drink versus a chocolate bar or you know, how can people take the next step that are curious to uh, find out more and get some of the product? For sure. You know, we love all our products equally. They're like our children. Jason always says we say the same thing about our proteins. They're all awesome. So if you're a 70% cacao dark chocolate lover, please don't hesitate. Go have some dark chocolate. But generally, we're about to launch our most exciting first massive product line, which is Sweet Teas, just in time for summer. And we hope they're everybody's summer crush um, as a favorite go-to refreshing drink that's real brewed tea with fruit that is, I mean, they smell like they were just picked. And that's something we're really proud of. And 75% less sugar than options for those that love their sweet teas during the summer. So we strongly encourage that. They will be live, of course, at oobly.com. And I encourage anybody who's interested in sweet proteins, whether chocolate or teas, but just in general, this is the first of many releases for us. We're just queuing up for this. So I encourage you to go to our site and sign up and be in the list of who we let know what new products are launching, where they're launching, and where you can find them. Because we will be doing them not just by ourselves, but with partners. And we're really excited about those announcements. Today, in addition to our website, you can find them at a really cool retailer called Showfields that's in New York, Brooklyn, Georgetown, Miami, and LA. Um, you can find them at Pop-Up Grocer, which is in New York today, but in the next couple of months will be in eight different um, Nordstrom's, including um, parts of California, but particularly LA. And this summer, because we're brand new and launching this, we are launching with a big initiative with a ton of sampling. We will give away tens of thousands of, of sweet teas throughout the greater LA area, people's favorite hikes, be, people's um, movie nights. Um, and there are about uh, two dozen retailers that will announce starting to sell them. All of that information will be announced and unveiled on our website. So that's your best resource for finding out where you can find products, where you can try them, if you can go try them for free at a sampling product, or if you can, if you want to go find a place to buy them. So I encourage everybody to sign up on our list at oobly.com and, and be in the know. I'd also say that if you want to learn more about sweet proteins, this is one of the greatest, I think Jason and I are so excited about generally what's happening in food technology, but specifically with sweet proteins. And there's just a ton here of, you know, almost magic, right? Like we're really excited about what it can mean for um, people. But biotechnology is actually pretty complicated. And at the end of the day, people want simple consumer products. So what I would tell you is if you want to know more about the complicated science that's behind us being able to bring this gift of nature to your palate with technology, um, you can also check out our blog at oobly.com. And we have a bunch of experts and we're talking about a bunch of different topics and resources. You can go out and validate everything we're saying about what you want to know about sweet proteins, where they come from, um, who studied them, what we know about them so far about your body and health. And and we encourage you to go to all those links and and use this as a resource. Okay, well, very good. So to find the product, you go to oobli.com. That's the website. So Perfect. Uh, Allie and Jason, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Richard. Remember, if you're looking for groundbreaking low-sugar products, head over to oobli.com and try the world's first iced teas made with sweet proteins the future of sweet, because we all deserve to feel good about healthy sweetness. Use the promo code genius at oobly.com and get 20% off their lemon, peach, or mango yuzu sweet iced teas. 
Ubli is sweet without sacrifice. Website is oobli.com. Promo code genius, G-E-N-I-U-S. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.